Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on all the wonderful applications you can imagine. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podamen, which is always great, local one, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Audible, Stitcher, Double Twist. Thank you always for downloading and listening to the show today. Wonderful, wonderful Super Bowl. If you were on the side I was on, of course, I was rooting for the Buccaneers, following Tom Brady. Very, very happy with the results. And uh, I had a good feeling about it going in. But then there's always this fear. There's always this fear at the back of your, you know, like in the pit of your stomach. Like, Kansas City's going to come back and win because that's just how they are the last two years. Crazy, crazy numbers. We'll get to all that stuff when we get into segment number two. Segment number one, there's, there is some Minnesota Vikings news. We have a new special teams coordinator, a new strength and conditioning coach. Uh, after that, though, we're still waiting for the offensive coordinator. They're saying that uh, Mr. Clint Kubiak is still the leader in that category just because that's how it goes. And who knows, maybe this is Mike Zimmer's last year. So everybody's on thin ice right now just because of that situation. So let's get to the Minnesota Vikings news to get things started. Uh, Ryan Ficken is your new special teams coordinator. Apparently he was the Vikings assistant coordinator for a long time, special teams coach since 2014, working with Mike Prefer and then last year's Merwin Maloof and all that. Of course, Mike Prefer moving on with Cleveland to join Kevin Stefanski's coaching staff and he even won a playoff game against the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Pretty surprising off to a wonderful start. Mike Prefer actually might be a good head coach because remember how well he was? Remember how well he did against the Dallas Cowboys years ago? The Cowboys had that spectacular record. Zimmer missed the game because of that whole eye surgery situation. Prefer's actually got head coaching, um, you know, capability. Just, just of course, you know, they're going to bring up the history about what he said. And, you know, Chris Cluey probably ruined that because I know everybody's going to get offended by that. Oh, my God. And then he'll never get the, a chance. That's my guess. But we'll see. And I know some of you are rolling your eyes at me right now that uh, think that way politically. I just don't see the world that way, I guess. Um, I just, it just is what it is. Uh, but frickin' Ficken has been here for a frickin' long time. Frick, I'm just teasing. Since 2007, assistant running, back, assistant running backs coach for two years, 07, 08, you know, the Sydney Rice years, you could say. Parts of them. Assistant wide reach. Oh, that was running backs. Adrian Peterson coach, uh, coaching there. And then uh, Sidney Rice in 09, 10. He was uh, assistant wide receivers coach. That's just crazy. So 9 through 12 there. Assistant special teams coordinator. And then they call it special teams coach, I guess. So since uh, 2013, officially coordinator, assistant coordinator, and then assistant coach, whatever that means. Either way, assistant special teams coordinator or coach since 2013. Working with Mike Pree for most of that time, and then Merwin Maloof last year, which was not a good time. So we're promoting him and giving him a chance. That's uh, that's the vibe we're getting right now. We're just promoting people and giving them a chance, and God bless them, I guess. It's just how that goes. And, of course, we're also adding Josh Hinkst, Hinkst to be the uh, special teams coordinator. We'll see. Uh, he has the uh, endorsement of many current and former Vikings in that situation there. That's according to uh, Inside the Vikings. With that quote, anyway, from uh, Will Ragst, <laughs> Rag, Rag, Rags. Sorry about that, Rags. Will Rags. Uh, so that's how that goes. Keenan McCardle has also been added for the uh, to the uh, as the wide receivers coach. So Keenan McCardle, former Jacksonville Jaguar, very successful player. He was on my fantasy team. Very good player years ago, back in the day when I actually played fantasy football. He was one of the reasons I got to the bowl back in the day. Uh, unfortunately, I lost that game. Because I, I actually used to win Super Bowls in fantasy football. And then and then I got to the Super Bowl four years in a row and lost. Yeah, I won three. And then I won my first three fantasy Super Bowls and then lost my next four. So, yep, yep, yep. I had a little bit of a Brady thing going on, right? Win, win most and lose some and then lost a lot. At least I got there, I guess, at the end of the day. Depressing, though. But, uh, yep, special teams coordinator. According to this, and other people call it special teams coach. Whatever. Special teams guy. You know what I mean? The leader of the special teams. Go Ryan Ficken. Hopefully it works out. Because last year was not good. It was not a good thing. And Josh Hengst. Well, here we go. Uh, there's your strength and conditioning coach. Hopefully that works out nicely. Moving forward. Apparently, uh, yeah, they confirmed the hire of Hengst to replace Mark Yomaya as the strength and head strength and conditioning coach. Hinks made stops at Florida State, the Falcons, being Atlanta, Nebraska, and the Jaguars before 
spending the last eight seasons with the Eagles. So he was from the Eagles. Specializes in nutrition as well as strength and conditioning. I would hope so, right? <laughs> so there you go. We're moving forward with that. And again, Keenan McCardell, at the time of this article being written, hadn't been added yet. They're saying look for that to happen in the next couple of days. And it did. Keenan McCardell will be Minnesota Vikings wide receivers coach. Pretty cool. Still waiting on the offensive coordinator position and likely um, Zimmer, Adam Zimmer and <laughs> Andre Patterson will remain as defensive coordinators, co-defensive coordinators, defensive line and linebackers coaches, respectively. It's it's the sign of it's, uh, you know, uh, hopefully this works out for you, Mike Zimmer. That's knock-knock, you know, take a hint. People are mostly getting promoted, but again, who, who knows? Maybe the strength and conditioning coach will last a while. You don't usually just get rid of those guys too quickly. They tend to hang around through multiple coaching regimes, like trainers and such, uh, guys like that, Sugarman, guys like that that have lasted for decades. So, We'll see. God bless you. God bless you guys. Good luck to you moving forward. Hopefully it works out for their careers, and hopefully the Minnesota Vikings pull off some kind of a, a miracle, and it's a beautiful offseason. There's also conversation about uh, trading <laughs> Kirk Cousins to the San Francisco 49ers or elsewhere. Obviously, uh, Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, very intrigued by uh, Kirk Cousins, and yes, he would be an upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo, and some of us were like, oh, maybe we would take Garoppolo in Minnesota. I mean, he helped the 49ers get to the Super Bowl. They had a great defense, and then he just wasn't good enough last year in that game. They had the lead, as you remember. They had the lead, and then Kansas City came back and won the game. San Francisco would have probably won that game if Tom Brady was quarterback of the 49ers. In fact, they absolutely would have. But it would have been a much tighter squeeze, definitely. Back-to-back Super Bowls, though. <sighs> Patrick Mahomes has not been good. So, hint, hint there. All this talk about Patrick Mahomes is going to win eight Super Bowls or whatever. I don't think so. I don't think so. He's going to win probably more than one. But let's leave that as is. Let's let him get there. Let's cross the bridge when we get there when it comes to even the second Super Bowl for Patrick Mahomes. It's not a guarantee. And yesterday proved it in a big way. So there again, there's your Vikings news. And I'm already talking about the Super Bowl and outside of the Vikings. Still waiting on that offensive coordinator. We'll likely have that announced on State of the Vikings 2021. That will be the next episode coming up in the next two to three weeks where we'll put a bow on the 2020 season. We'll have your most valuable player, your biggest disappointment, biggest surprise. We'll look kind of teeny tiny bit to the draft and free agency, but not a whole lot. Maybe a little bit into free agency and stuff like that and fan interaction and what you guys believe are the uh, MVP, biggest disappointment, biggest surprise. Get ready. Get your keyboards ready to type that out on the Facebook page. I'll try to even get that out there on Twitter if I humanly if I can humanly possibly do that at the end of the day. But State of the Vikings 2021, and then it's another little brief hiatus week, a uh, couple weeks or something, free agency review, you know, and then whatever after that, couple couple weeks again, draft preview, and then draft review, and then it's the longer hiatus heading into the late spring, early summer, longer hiatus, unless there's a massive story or something crazy happens, Vikings end up getting Tom Brady or... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who knows what could happen though I mean if anything big happens it'll probably happen during the course of one of those shows it'll be updated along the way uh, who knows what's going to happen Vikings trade for the Houston quarterback I'm not too excited about uh, the possibility of that happening uh, giving up three draft picks and everything I'm not convinced he's going to lead us to the Super Bowl I'm not convinced anybody's going to lead the Vikings to the Super Bowl yet um, hopefully that day comes the Vikings find that quarterback that'll make us a team that can be special one day we'll find our Patrick Mahomes will find our Tom Brady, which would be even better at the end of the day. Just saying, you know, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is fantastic, obviously, and he was graceful in defeat. Uh, Andy Reid, same thing. Uh, Dr. Robotnik there with uh, the <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs. Big red guy with the mustache. Yes, Dr. Robotnik, Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, funny stuff. And um, we'll just have to wait and see how that all turns out. We'll see. We'll see. I'm just not, I'm not overly optimistic, but I'm not going to be negative and think, okay, woe is us, we're going to suck forever, or we're never going to win anything big. Uh, well, we're holding out hope that one day this drought will end, and we'll see purple, gold, and white confetti coming from the sky. Just like we saw, you know, red and orange and gray or whatever the heck, or white coming down from the sky last night. Uh, red, white, and blue with the Patriots, and, you know, red, yellow, and white last year with the Chiefs, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping hoping so much. I remember years ago, I talked about this before on the show, is, uh, was it New Year's Eve years ago, and then it's New Year's and confetti comes from the sky. This was at the uh, the Little Six Casino. I did not gamble a penny. It was just for New Year's. My wife likes to go to stuff. She didn't gamble a penny either. Confetti of all colors came from the sky, and there were purple, 
white and gold pieces of confetti. And I gathered those up, uh, a little chunk of them if I could, put them in my hand and threw them up in the air. And literally tears came to my eyes. Like that's what it's going to feel like. Tears came to my eyes. Just imagining that day, that day could come one day. Minnesota Vikings win the Super Bowl and you see those beautiful colors coming from the sky and you know it finally happened. The drought is over. That's what it, it was just, it was the weirdest, most beautiful sensation. It lasted only a second, but it was like, oh my God, that's, that's, that's what it's going to look like. And I hope and pray that day comes. It hasn't yet, but hopefully Minnesota Vikings find that quarterback, but also piece other things together in a big way. My Minnesota Vikings need to improve the offensive line. We've been saying that for about, you know, uh, maybe 30 years. No, <laughs> at least since the late 90s, early 2000s, when we actually did have a very good offensive line. There's always been something missing. There's always been a frustration there. Even Favre struggled with that offensive line with rookies and disappointing, uh, you know, prospects like Bryant McKinney and such that have always been, you know, lurking and hanging over this organization. Uh, Vikings got to the Super Bowl back in the day because they had a great offensive line. And that 98 Vikings team had a great offensive line. It's just a gosh darn shame things didn't work out at the end of the day. Um, We saw what happened to uh, Patrick Mahomes when he did not have a good offensive line. We saw what happened. We'll talk about that next when we review Super Bowl 55 in segment number two. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Time to review Super Bowl 55. One of the good ones out there, I guess you could say. Okay, I guess the score wasn't so good, but believe me, I didn't feel comfortable that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had won this thing until well, well late into the fourth quarter. Definitely a hell of a game. Kansas City actually led in the game, and they're talking about how basically Kansas City has led the last like 66 straight games at some point. It's just insane. They have had a lead in the last 66 consecutive games at some point. Well, that was the only lead the Kansas City Chiefs would have for the rest of the game. The field goal from Harrison Butker, very low-scoring first quarter for the longest time, and then Brady was able to hit Rob Gronkowski as the Patriots would get things rolling finally. I just call them the Patriots again. The the Buckriots, or the uh, Patriot Bucks, would get the ball in the end zone with Rob Gronkowski. A couple of touchdowns in the game down the stretch. But it's like I was never comfortable. I was just thinking, but that this the way this defense is frustrating Patrick Mahomes, you just felt like, oh my God, they actually might win this game. Because, well, they were able to frustrate and destroy basically Drew Brees. But unfortunately for Drew Brees, his career was pretty much done. Uh, you could see it. Like, he couldn't really throw the ball beyond like 10 yards anymore. He had the same arm basically I have at this stage. I'm not going to be able to throw the ball that great. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, though, again, has the great arm. But what happens when you lose your left tackle? Because which, unfortunately, they did. And then Mike Rammer is a very, a very familiar name around here. We were forced to play him at right guard. We were forcing him, basically. And he never played well at guard. He was more supposed to be a right tackle. And that's what he was for the Kansas City Chiefs, a right tackle. The left tackle goes down. Rammer moves to left tackle. And then you have the backup right tackle in. And Patrick Mahomes is left running around and scurrying most of the day. Oh, and by the way, his toe needs surgery. And he's limping around with that. Still, somehow, someway, Patrick Mahomes evaded sacks quite a bit of the night until later on. He finally got sacked three times, and that ultimately sealed the doom for the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes had basically nothing until late in the third quarter. He had finally got to 100 yards late in the third quarter, one of a 270 to finally put respectable numbers in that category up there, but a quarterback rating of 52.3. And we see how Kirk Cousins struggles when he doesn't have a good offensive line protection in front of him, good pass protection in front of him. It's just the way it goes. If the Minnesota Vikings had fantastic offensive line protection, we might have a chance, even with the likes of Kirk Cousins at quarterback, but um, we'll see. Kirk Cousins does have the ability. He doesn't have the mobility that Patrick Mahomes does. Uh, And, of course, again, Patrick Mahomes will... They'll be making a decision as soon as today about surgery on that toe, and he'll likely return next year, and we'll see. The Chiefs are probably the favorites in the AFC again. Everybody's talking about how the uh, how the uh, Chiefs will be in the way. There'll be this huge wall for the Buffalo Bills, or they'll probably never make it to the Super Bowl. You can beat 
the Kansas City Chiefs. You can. Of course, again, though, it didn't help the Chiefs' cause that their left tackle was out. And they had to shuffle the line. It did not help. But that's the game. That's the game. What happened to the Patriots, you know? What happened to the Patriots in the Super Bowl against the Giants? You know, Tom Brady got pressured well, and the Giants beat the Patriots, just barely. In this case, the uh, <laughs> New England Patriots, or I just call them the Patriots again, the, <laughs> the Buccaneers, I keep calling them the Patriots, I can't get it out of my mind. The Buccaneers defeat the Kansas City Chiefs 31-9. to Not only do they keep, uh, <laughs> I mean, it was literally kind of almost like the reciprocal. The Chiefs were kind of like the reciprocal of themselves, Versus the Buffalo Bills, where the Bills just could not get in the end zone. And in this case, the Chiefs absolutely never got in the end zone. That was my hope going in. Again, of course, you know, you take advantage of the situation with the uh, pass protection not being what it needs to be for Patrick Mahomes. Plus the fact that this defensive line and this overall defense was just absolutely spectacular against the Green Bay Packers. And again, again, a very dangerous Saints offense, despite the uh, not, not great throwing arm of Drew Brees, they could still figure it out one way or another, and beat the Buccaneers, and a lot of people thought they would. I picked the Buccaneers to beat the Saints. I actually picked the Buccaneers to beat Green Bay. Uh, or actually, did I? Now I'm blagging, but I, I think I did at the last minute. It was more of like a hopeful thing. Like, they probably can. They can do it, and if anybody can do it, it's the Bucks. It wasn't going to be the Saints. It wasn't going to be anybody else in the NFC. It wasn't going to be the frickin' Bears. There's just no way wasn't going to be the Saints. It was going to be the Bucks. And if anybody can beat the Kansas City Chiefs, it wasn't going to be the Packers. It was going to be the Buccaneers. And the Buccaneers beat them all. They beat them all. That defense beat Drew Brees, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't get better than that. It doesn't get better than that, what this defense is capable of doing. With all the offensive weapons on this team, Rob Gronkowski, who's still got it. He's absolutely still got it. He looked fantastic, catching the ball in stride and getting into the end zone. Absolutely looks beautiful. Uh, Leonard Fournette was <sighs> remarkable in the game. I mean, him and Ronald Jones, there were a lot of times they struggled to get yards, but later on, when they were able to chew up that clock in that fourth quarter, that helped steal the fate of the Kansas City Chiefs. Despite the fact people like me who've watched this game way too many times and have seen the Chiefs come back way too many times, to believe that it was it was over until it really truly was when it got to be those last drives when the Chiefs just it was just not their day they couldn't get things going and <laughs> it got to a player Patrick Mahomes was absolutely getting mauled uh, he did get sacked four times but remember the fourth one was nullified because it was roughing the passer it was kind of a little bit of high low action a little bit like a little bit luckily it wasn't like intent to injure necessarily it was bang bang it was that kind of thing uh, it got to uh, Mahomes in the head, but luckily there was no concussion, and it's kind of scary considering he basically had uh, what looked like a concussion a few weeks earlier, uh, early on when he ended up being out against the uh, Cleveland Browns, when you had Chad Henney be the hero, so kind of scary when things go in there. You thought, I guess it's the Chiefs' year again, Chad Henney helped them, <laughs> Chad Henney helped the Chiefs beat the Browns, the Browns would have gotten demolished versus the uh, Buffalo Bills, but I do believe the Bucks would have beat the Bills in the Super Bowl, absolutely. I do believe the Bucks would have beat the Bills. It might have been a better scoring game, possibly, because the offensive protection might have been better. The offensive line protection, pass protection might have been better for Josh Allen. Just uh, poor uh, Patrick Mahomes, generally speaking, was left basically scurrying and hurrying, and it was a record, a Super Bowl record for hurries and stepbacks in the, in the Super Bowl for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. So that's just how that goes. Kelsey didn't have many great numbers until later on. It was kind of like, it, it wasn't garbage time. It was just... They were finally getting something because of the prevent defense. Because the Buccaneers were playing a little bit of prevent defense there with about seven plus minutes remaining. Ten minutes remaining. And they were finally able to get some yards, but they still, still couldn't get in the end zone. The offense of the Patriots, so efficient, so solid. Brady was able to get three touchdown passes in the first half. Unfortunately for him, he would not get more in the second half. There was a lot of running game and then some completions along the way. It wasn't an explosive, spectacular offensive performance by Tampa Bay, but it was a very good offensive performance by Tampa Bay. It was clutch. It was solid. They didn't turn the ball over, and the one interception that Brady may have had was was on a hold. So it is what it is. It is what it is, Kansas City. The NFL, if you truly believe out there, NFL fans and Purple Mafia listeners, that <laughs> the NFL wanted Tom Brady to win this game, I think you're wrong. I think the NFL would have loved to see Patrick Mahomes win the game. Absolutely. And all the propaganda we saw in the commercials was ridiculous. It was 
it was almost flat. And that, that uh, halftime show looked, quite frankly, demonic, actually. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Please don't take it the wrong way. This has nothing to do with anybody's style of music. This has nothing to do with anybody's skin color. Did you see all those people with the red eyes and those ghostly outfits? Did that not look demonic? And those, like, gray heads looked like skulls with red eyes? That looked demonic. That looked nothing but demonic. It, it, and it wasn't trying to be thriller or anything like that. I mean, that's just one thing. It's zombies and blah, blah, blah. It's just a bit. It was just kind of a cute Halloween thing. And obviously, it was a kick-ass song by Michael Jackson way back in 82. This had nothing to do with that. That looked demonic to me. It looked like, you know, and then when the person was being lowered down with the group, I don't know what the hell that meant. When one of the ghostly-looking figures was being lowered down, and when the shadow was cast upon that person, it looked like the Mothman. Look up the Mothman. It was kind of creepy. It didn't look good. As for the propaganda in the commercials, I'm going to keep most of that for the Freedom of Thought podcast, but just read between the lines. There was a lot of propaganda. You know, and take it as you do. I have nothing against anybody. I swear, solemnly swear, I have nothing against anybody. Honestly. But, (laughs) when commercials, one after another, are literally putting propaganda out there time after time after time, and it's literally they're kind of telling a story about this and telling a story about that, of how, how you should feel, how you should think, who you should vote for. Oh, and by the way, Jeep. Buy your Jeep Grand Cherokee. And then... They just kept going on and on and on. And, oh, Gillette, or whatever the heck it was. That was weird. I thought that was weird. And the rest of it, I'll just leave as is. I'll leave it as is. I didn't like it. I thought it was strange. I didn't think it was necessary. How about that? I didn't think it was necessary. I I think we get the point. I truly do. I I think, you know, you want the game to serve as some kind of break from COVID-19 this, COVID-19 that, or other things that have been going on, division, political division, this division, that division, but they just kept pushing it and pushing it. That's what I didn't like. Okay, I think you got my point, and I uh, had to say it. I had to. Apologize if you don't like it. Uh, Happy to see Ryan Suckup beat his old team. That was cool. He had a 52-yard kick in the game, and he made all of his extra points. Harrison Butker also did his job. He made all three of his kicks, including a 52-yarder, and no extra points because there were no extra points to be had. (laughs) <laughs> Again, Tampa Bay's offense did the job. Tampa Bay's defense did the job. It was a complete, utter butt-kicking. Uh, and Dominican Sue with a sack and a half, including one that basically wrapped the game up. Even though you could have said the game was wrapped up about 16 times along the way. Cam Gill had a half-sack with Dominican Sue. He got his first ring finally. Good for him. Was, un- was unable to get it with the uh, Los Angeles Rams and, and against Brady a couple of years ago. So if you can't beat him, join him. Jason Pierre-Paul, great career. Also, and he gets his ring finally. I mean, very happy. Shaquille, Shaquille, actually, Shaquille Barrett with his, uh, he also had a sack. He was fantastic throughout the game. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, The behavior of Tyron Matthew was embarrassing. He looked like an ass. He looked like an absolute jerk. Uh, He looked like a, a, you know, I I don't want to use the word, you know, but he looked like a punk, an absolute punk out there looking for trouble. And it's like, dude, just back off. Back off, you know, seriously. I mean, he's constantly getting in Brady's face and starting something, and finally Brady went after him. I'd like to know what he said to Brady, because I've never seen Brady really get that pissed off before. I've seen him get pissed. We've all seen Brady get pissed. But he was like, dude, get that F out of my face, basically. And luckily, Tyron Matthew got what he deserved. Penalized multiple times during the course of the game and got beat. And he looked like a fool in multiple occasions as well. I used to think he was okay. Nice to see, you know, somebody that may have been may have had a bad rap and everything and probably should have been taken higher in the draft, obviously, and he's a hell of a player, and he's one of the team captains for the Kansas City Chiefs, like the secondary captain or whatever the hell he is, and, well, defensive backs, whatever, and he just made an ass of himself, and he got his ass kicked, and I don't feel bad at all for him. I don't feel bad for you, Tyron Matthew, today. I think you got what you deserved, and, hey, you got a ring last year. We're happy for you, you know? But then, <laughs> on the other side... Antoine Winfield Jr., what are you doing? What the F are you doing, buddy? I'm not a big fan of uh, Tyreek Hill either. I think he's I, I think he's a grandstander. I think he's an ass, too. He's an ass. He's constantly showing off in people's faces. He's an ass. I'm not a fan of Tyreek Hill. But for you to kind of put it back in his face, don't do that. Just, just dude, you know, you're Antoine Winfield, man. Antoine Winfield was a respectable professional. I love that man, Antoine Winfield Sr. 
Love that man. And I bet he was shaking his head like, no, 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 please, please don't do this. Luckily, luckily, that fourth down, an incomplete pass that Andrew Winfield held breakaway from Tyreek Hill was not, uh, was considered after, like the penalty was considered after the play was dead, after the fourth down was, you know, eliminated and it was a turnover downs. Because if it wasn't, the Chiefs may have still had a little glimmer of hope and I guarantee you they would have gotten in the end zone on that play. They would have gotten in. Oh boy, sometimes you just gotta let go of that stuff. There's a lot of bleep talking on both sides and unfortunately that's one of the things I don't like about sports. Just too much bleep talking. Just play the game. Respect the game. Respect each other. Play with play with passion. Celebrate a little bit. Don't overdo it. Don't get in people's faces. And If it was me and I wanted to do that little sign, I would have maybe kind of done it very subtly while being far away from the guy. Just be like, okay, here's my little my little toot, my little peace sign or whatever. Like, peace, brother. Just kind of make it, or whatever he's doing when he scores a touchdown. Kind of. A, and yes, Tyreek Hill is an ass too. And a, a lot of these guys are. You know, I mean... A lot of a lot of guys in the NFL are. I mean, Adam Thielen can be an ass sometimes. Like just sometimes it just needs to go. And maybe Adam Thielen was getting irritated with the way people were behaving around him as well. But sometimes it just needs to go. Like Mike Evans, very disappointing postseason. They did have one nice catch. He only had one catch in the game, and I could tell Brady was like, "No, nah, that's okay. That's okay." You know, after some of the wild, crazy mistakes before. Uh, I didn't start to really feel confident that the, the Buccaneers are actually going to win the game, like for real, confident, until that touchdown late in the first half to Antonio Brown after, again, those uh, penalties were called on Tyron Jackass Matthew. Um, I loved it. I loved every second of it. I was thrilled. <laughs> Let Matthew scream about how much bullshit it is, about that he was getting picked on and it's bullshit, basically. Screaming, going into the locker room at halftime. Keep it up, dude. Keep it up. Keep it up. You end up losing, you know, and again, I feel no remorse for the guy whatsoever. Loved seeing Antonio Brown pull that sucker in. And he's got a ring now as well. Nice underneath play. Brady not taking any chances, not letting the ball bounce up high in the air and get the interception. Uh, the behavior of Tyron Matthew when he got that interception, when the ball was literally tipped to him, it made me upset. It made me very upset. The ball was literally tipped up in the air right in his hand and he acted like he, was the, he made the greatest play of the century. And then here come the penalties, like ha ha, basically to him. <laughs> that could have been a, a game-changing moment for the uh, Chiefs, but luckily it wasn't. And again, go ahead and call me a jackass all you want. You may disagree with me till the cows come home, but it is what it is. Uh, it was literally like the stock market with the Kansas City Chiefs from the beginning of the game down to the bottom. Literally like the stock market leading into you know one of those really really dry periods, one of those legitimate bear markets. And I'll say again, I didn't feel bad one bit. Not one bit. Very happy with the outcome of the game in a lot of ways. A lot of major moments. Again, Leonard Fournette getting those first downs that he needed. Ronald Jones as well. Uh, when the Buccaneers could not get in the end zone with that 7-3 score, that was a moment where I was terrified. Like, oh my God, they just couldn't do it. I was frustrated. I was kind of cursing a little bit to myself. But luckily, again, that Tampa Bay defense, when the Chiefs were pinned on the two-yard line, got the job done. <laughs> they almost had the block kick on the Chiefs, or no, it was a bobbled snap to the uh, Chiefs punter. He punted that sucker about 70 freaking yards. I couldn't believe it. I mean, from like the two-yard line to like the, the like the, the 28 or something, I was like, wow, that was a punt. And then there was a penalty, and the Chiefs just kept getting penalized and penalized. It's not about the NFL wanted Tom Brady to win the game. It's about the Chiefs came in the game with very poor discipline. I think they were uber cocky. They thought they were going to blow the shit out of the, the Buccaneers. Pardon my French. I guess I'll just leave that there. They, they, they thought they were going to beat the hell out of them. And, well, they got the hell beat out of them. They came in real cocky. And that's what you get. Pride comes before a fall, Kansas City. And you fell. That's right. That's the name of the game. That is the name of the game. Just like the Seattle Seahawks with the Patriots years ago. I know most of you believe that the Patriots just got lucky, but you got to make the play. You got to make the play, and Malcolm Buckler made the play, and Russell Wilson and the Seattle receiver, I don't remember which one it was, did not make the play. It was a, it was a poor coaching decision by the Seattle Seahawks, and that's all that she wrote. Adios, Seattle. Never going to win a Super Bowl again. I, I don't think so. Not in this era, anyway. I don't think so. <clears throat> and I'm not sad about that, either. At the end of the day. Uh, I wouldn't be too disappointed if the Chiefs never won again. You know, unless they, they change their attitude a little bit. 
Mahomes, generally speaking, I think he's a good guy. I think he's a good guy. Um, very gracious in defeat after the game. Uh, very, very respectful. Tyron Matthew, I don't want to hear what he has to say. I bet you it was filled with F-bombs and whatever the heck else. I don't think anybody really wants to hear what he had to say either. Frankly, I bet his teammates didn't want to hear it, at least some of them, <clears throat> quite frankly. Andy Reid, same thing, very, uh, you know, kind of sad, disappointed, but very, very respectful. You know, there's nothing he said that I was like, ugh, you know, not one thing. Very, 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 very happy for Bruce Arians, the guy who's been around the block, boy. He's been around the block, an offensive coordinator with the Colts and all that, with Andrew Luck. Took forever to become a head coach. Finally got an opportunity. Did really well with Arizona. Really well. They just, you know, some of the pieces, the crucial pieces for that Arizona club just weren't, you know, they were just getting old, unfortunately. And it was kind of too little too late for uh, for that club to, to go to the Super Bowl. And that's unfortunate. They, they came kind of close. Carolina, another super cocky team, especially with their... Uh, quarterback at the time, but the whole team, super cocky, and they got they got their asses kicked by the Denver Broncos, so I didn't feel bad about that either. <laughs> Apparently from Patterson, New Jersey. Bruce Arians, hard to root against the guy, honestly. <clears throat> Did a great job with the Cardinals, but then, you know, and he obviously had health problems, this and that. Thought he was done, came back as a head coach again with the Bucks. all of a sudden, like a year ago. He did what he could with a very talented talented but mistake-prone quarterback last year who threw 30 interceptions, threw 30 interceptions to Jameis Winston. Jameson Winston. Um, 2013, yep. I mean, he was the offensive coordinator and interim head coach. Remember, he took over for uh, Chuck Pagano when he had, uh, I believe it was a cancer situation. Chuck Pagano. The uh, Bruce Arians, again, a very good, very talented offensive coordinator. Did a great job with the 2012 Colts. And then got a job with Arizona. Did a great job. And then, unfortunately, again, that team just got old way too fast. Uh, it's ha it happens. You know, Carson Palmer, I mean, injury-prone, old, and other players just kind of came and went. Unfortunately, that's how that it goes with the Cardinals sometimes. But then he got the ball. He got the Super Bowl championship with the Bucks. Him and Brady was a weird offense earlier in the year. Too many long passes. Then things kind of adjusted. The two adjusted to each other. And the Tampa Bay was undefeated from Minnesota on. Minneapolis, Minnesota on. Just like back in 20, 2018, Minnesota went to New England, got her asses handed to us. Tom Brady ran for his 1,000th yard, did that cute little first down signal on the ground, like, uh-huh, uh-huh, that little smile, and the first down signal. He's just having fun with it, like, well, I guess I got a first down, and now <laughs> I got 1,000 yards. All right, okay, 1,000 running yards. It only took about 19 years to get there, but... There you go, 1,000 yards. Run, Tommy, run. <laughs> that was so funny. And they were undefeated the rest of the way. It was a fairly mediocre but decent Patriots team that entered that game, that kicked our butts, uh, unfortunately for us. And they went on and did not lose another game after that. What happened with the Bucks? 7-5. and five. Came into, came into the U.S. Bank Stadium, kicked the blimmin' crap out of us. It was embarrassing. It was frustrating. And we had our, we had our heyday, all of us fans and yeah, you know, long-term fans, podcasting hosts, radio hosts locally had a heyday with that one, unfortunately. It's not fun, but it's just it's part of the business, you know. It's part of the business. you got to come up and be honest about it. They didn't play well. Um, but it is what it is. And the uh, <laughs> Buccaneers went undefeated the rest of the way. Congratulations, and uh, I guess we're the catapult for Brady. We play Brady in the, in the, in the regular season somehow, some way. He always beats us undefeated, and he went on and won the Super Bowl. So it is what it is. Congratulations, Bruce Arians, Tom Brady. Seven Super Bowl championships. The other two quarterbacks with a, a ton of championships are Joe Montana with four, Terry Bradshaw of all people with that spectacular steel curtain to help him out and great offensive line and everything else. But, uh, you know, Bradshaw was definitely a, a good quarterback. Just not as good as Montana, Brady, or like Bate Manning, guys like that. But he got his four rings as well. Is anybody going to catch Tom Brady with seven Super Bowls? You know, it's like, oh, you know, is Patrick Mahomes going to win eight or is he going to win seven? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, he has not performed well in the Super Bowl in back-to-back -back years. He didn't perform well last year. He just didn't. Jimmy Garoppolo just didn't put in the frickin' dagger. Tom Brady did what he could, and so did his offense. Tom Brady did put in a dagger, at least enough of one. He actually put points on the board, which Jimmy Garoppolo really didn't last year. Yeah, very similar team, just uh, much weaker at the quarterback position. And the running backs didn't perform well either last year after kicking our ass in the uh, and the Packers' ass in the divisional round and, and the uh, NFC title game with Green Bay. 
uh, kicked both of our asses. Both of us northern teams got our butts kicked by the freaking 49ers last year, but then Garoppolo just wasn't good enough. Uh, he was spectacular in that uh, play action against us, really good against Green Bay, and got his ass kicked by Kansas City's stingy, uh, <laughs> stingy Steve Spagnuolo. Obviously one of the better defensive coordinators in NFL history. I love Steve Spagnuolo as a D coordinator. Very below average as a coach, unfortunately. Just, just some guys just don't have it. You know, I respect Steve Spagnuolo. I respect Leslie Frazier. But, you know, I guess they're not head coaches. They're just better at coordinators. Maybe Zimmer is too. <clears throat> so Zimmer's won at least a couple of division titles. Good for him at the end of the day. Um, what am I leading towards? Let's look at Bruce Arians' career a teeny tiny bit because, you know, you know, he was offensive. He's never really, he never really was a head coach for very much in his career until he got to Arizona. Head coach at Temple. Temple. Who thinks about Temple football? Not many of us. Head coach, 1983 to 88, back in the good, 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 old, 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 old days. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Pennsylvania guy. Moving forward to the Kansas City Chiefs. Wow, Kansas City Chiefs. Running backs coach, 89-92. Wow, running backs coach. Mississippi State, 93-95, offensive coordinator. New Orleans Saints. I mean, he has been everywhere. Tight ends coach, 96. 97, Alabama. Alabama. Yes, roll tide roll. 97, offensive coordinator. Indianapolis Colts, quarterbacks coach. So he worked with Peyton Manning for a little bit, 98-2000. to two, uh, 2000. Cleveland Browns, Cleveland Browns, 2001-2003 offensive coordinator. That was the early days of the Browns there. Pittsburgh Steelers, he does have a ring, by the way. Bruce Arians does have a ring, but not as a head co not coach until now. Pittsburgh Steelers, 2004-2006 wide receivers coach. Ring, 2005. Pittsburgh Steelers offensive coordinator, 2007-2011. Ring, 2008. So multiple rings at the Steelers with Mr. Bruce Arians. Uh, Indianapolis Colts, 2012, offensive coordinator and interim head coach. So he was literally basically a you know interim head coach most of that year. In fact, he was the interim head coach that whole year because Chuck Pagano was dealing with cancer. Interim head coach in 2012, got the head job with Arizona from 13 to 17. Tampa Bay Bucks, ever taken a year off with health reasons. He basically, a lot of us thought he was done, wasn't going to come back, and now he's absolutely blessed. Him and Brady were able to work things out, and looks like that relationship is really strong. And they'll be back next year. Brady's back. Bruce Arians is back. Will they go back-to-back? -back? <laughs> the last team to win, that was fun how I said that, last team to win back-to-back -back Super Bowls were the New England Patriots, 03 versus Carolina, 04 season versus the Philadelphia Eagles. So we'll see. Am I picking them to win next year? Let's talk about that later. Let's talk about that in August. <laughs> I think it's a possibility, though. Yes, they absolutely can win it again moving forward, but congratulations, Bruce Arians. Feel very good for him at the end of the day. It was, uh, you know, it was a very entertaining battle. Again, a large reason. I mean, it was a, it's safe to say this, it was a total team effort by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they kept their composure for the most part, except for a couple of stupid-ass penalties later on in the game, but luckily it didn't come back to bite them. Uh, stupid ass taunting penalty and some come some crappy like holding penalties that were holding they absolutely were a couple of ticky tack calls in Kansas City but in the past Kansas City got over that kind of stuff and they kicked your butts Kansas City did not kick their butts uh, by far the biggest most harsh defeat of Patrick Mahomes' career thus far uh, basically he basically lost by seven points a few times throughout his career that's pretty crazy that's pretty telling uh, pretty telling great career for Patrick Mahomes so far but yesterday, an absolute ass-whooping. And again, he did not perform all that well against San Francisco's very strong defense last year. Uh, I don't think Kansas City does return to the Super Bowl next year, but maybe they will. Maybe uh, maybe they'll be kind of like Tom Brady, where they'll be in the Super Bowl all the time. And Patrick Mahomes has all kinds of AFC championships. Uh, Brady's got 10 conference championships, 9 AFC, 1 NFC. <laughs> it's pretty wild, man. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got an NFC championship and a Super Bowl with an NFC team. Oh, isn't that something? I mean, that's something. Only two quarterbacks have ever won Super Bowls with multiple teams. And Peyton Manning had nothing to do with, hardly, with the Broncos winning that Super Bowl. That Broncos defense was great. Cam Newton just utterly failed. It was total system failure for that Carolina offense and defense in that game versus the Broncos after the 2015 season. 15 in one year and got their asses handed to them by a wild card. Or actually, no, they weren't wild card. They were a number one seed. Last second, though, they could have been wild card easily. They were able to get home field over the uh, Patriots and beat them by 
just this much. Patriots would have beaten Carolina easily in that Super Bowl, and they would have won three straight Super Bowls. Would have beaten Seattle, Carolina, and Atlanta. <laughs> they would have went back in the fourth Super Bowl in a row, and the fifth Super Bowl in a row versus the Rams. Oh my God, they would have won like four Super Bowls in five years, if not for that. But, well, it is what it is. <laughs> it's a little bit too much, isn't it? I can understand why some of you might be tired of it, but I'm enjoying it for now, man. I, I can't complain about what Tom Brady's doing. It it's beautiful stuff. you got to respect it. you got to. To go to Tampa Bay with a completely different coach, but he had some wonderful weapons. And to, 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 I don't know, when people say that Tampa Bay bought this Super Bowl, you could have said the Vikings bought the Super Bowl in 2009. I mean, we gave Favre a ton of money to come in. You could say the Vikings were trying to buy the Super Bowl by signing Kirk Cousins and some, and some other players. Everybody's buying people, okay? That's part of the game. That's part of the game. I don't think the Bucks bought the Super Bowl. I think the right players assembled in the right place and things got done. A lot of times when teams do that, like the Redskins many years ago, tried to assemble a lot of really good veterans together, and it just doesn't work out. A lot of times, maybe you get a pretty team together, you get to the conference championship, and you get your asses handed to you, and that team wins the Super Bowl. But in this case, this team actually went out there and did it. Uh, they absolutely did it, and that's how it goes. I mean, you could say the Vikings were trying to buy their way to a Super Bowl in 94 with Warren Moon and some of those offensive linemen that we signed that year. Chris Hinton, I believe, was his name. Big Bucks. Uh, we, we, we tried, but we failed, unfortunately. And that's the name of the game. Sometimes you have the right people, sometimes you don't. Sometimes people get hurt, and sometimes they don't. Buccaneers, fortunately for them, did not get hurt. And unfortunately for the Chiefs, they lost their left tackle, and yeah, that's part of the game. That is part of the game, ladies and gentlemen. Nobody felt sorry for us when Sam Bradford's knee was not working anymore. Nobody felt sorry for us when, Terry, when Teddy Bridgewater's knee literally like fell apart in front of everybody's face. And they were all crying and sad and throwing their helmets in anger and sadness at what happened to the poor kid. Oh, heart, your, your, your heart breaks for the guy. But nobody felt sorry for the Minnesota Vikings that day. Part of the game, unfortunately. It's what you sign up for at the end of the day. Kansas City Chiefs, they'll be back in the Super Bowl again. They'll probably get one or two more somehow, some way. And I'm uh, wishing the best for Andy Reid. And unfortunately, again, his, uh, his son with that... Uh, unfortunate drunk driving, I believe it was, incident where he badly injured a young girl. and He injured both of them, but badly injured one of them where she's in trouble, that kind of thing, critical condition. Hearts, uh, thoughts and prayers and legitimate prayers, and a heart goes out to her and for that family, that there will be no death, there will be no permanent injuries, anything like that. Thank you, Lord, for her full recovery. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for that. Um, with that said, though, again, uh, I feel bad for Andy Reid. That must have been a terrible, terrible, painful distraction. I mean, the Saturday night before the game, oh, man, that sucks. Yeah, it's an absolute shame. Um, God bless, though. God bless all, all of them. <sighs> Hope they come back healthy again, this and that, next year. And maybe we'll have a rematch. And <laughs> hopefully for my sake, <laughs> hopefully for my selfish reasons, Brady wins again. I think it'd be beautiful. But who knows? Who knows what will happen? Every year is different. And this year, the stars, the stars aligned for the Tampa Bay Bucks. This year, Tom Brady got to be like the New York Giants against the New England Patriots in 2007. It kind of was like that in a little bit, in a little way, in a way, kind of, sort of. Um, though this Bucks team, very complete, very solid. And they could have had a much better record. They just weren't used to each other yet to think they were 7-5 and five at one point this year. In a lot of ways, they were kind of like the 2005 Steelers. 7-5, and five, came into the Metrodome, and it was a back-and-forth battle. Vikings were 7-5, and five, both teams trying to get into the postseason and go on some kind of a fun run. Vikings were defeated, and we never made the playoffs, and Mike Tice never coached an NFL game again as a head coach. Steelers won the Super Bowl, and then they won again a couple of years later uh, with uh, <laughs> Mike Tomlin and Bruce Arians as offensive coordinator. Pretty crazy. With that said, we'll take a quick break and we'll get to fan interaction right after this. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number three, fan interaction, and wrap things up for a few weeks here. Great game. Hope you guys didn't mind the way I reviewed that one and the conversation we had uh, kind of back and forth here. At Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. I had it loaded, and now I got it all over the place here, so my apologies. Again, a couple of weeks ago was the last episode. I know Vince, Vince Romano 
retweeted it at Pearl Mafia Show again. And there it is. Nope, that's the Timberwolves. Uh, Purple Mafia. There it is. Mad Martin retweeted it. Thank you very much. Oh, that's the divisional one. And there it is. Conference. Uh, Tanae. Tanae Brown out of New Zealand. Vince Germano retweeted it. Thank you guys so much for the retweets. Really appreciate that. Yeah, Black Space Gaming at the time said, So happy Green Bay is done. That was nice. I agree a thousand percent. Still believing that is Sebastian Barton. And he hasn't officially confirmed it, but it's him. He's in Mankato, and he knows uh, Mark Carlson and all that. Yeah, it's it's Sebastian. <laughs> it is. Uh, and he's a gamer, like modern sports gamer type. Uh, there's just too many, like, random notifications that are not related to uh, Purple Mafia. There he is. Man, Martin says, go Chiefs. Enjoy, my friend. Yeah, because he, yeah, he knew I wasn't rooting for the Chiefs. That's okay, though. And that's how that goes. I thought he was responding to something. That's weird. So it wasn't officially responding to me. Yeah, I was kind of blowing off about Matthew probably or something. I was saying, I'll do my best to enjoy, but not cheering for the Chiefs and kind of like winked, you know. <laughs> and a little bit of back and forth. Not too much. Though. I know it's going to be pretty quiet here. He said one-sided first half, and it sure was. Oh, it it really was. Uh, back. Uh, yep. Well, hope you didn't mind it too much, Mad Martin. I know uh, Dave Martin out of Northern Scotland, Purple Mafia Hall of Famer. There'll be at least one new entry this year. It's going to be a much smaller amount, though. One or two people... I know one for sure will be going in. I won't yeah, give any hints at this time. Man Barn against is unbelievable for number 12. Uh, number 12 has a ring for each day of the week. And yes, he does. Monday through Sunday. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing stuff. And I, I love it. I'm happy for him. And it's uh, never been done. You know, it's never been done and probably never will again. At Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Try to continue off of the last episode. If humanly possible, this was the division and conference preview. What happened? Could be because I was suspended, right? Something. Yeah, I think I was suspended on Facebook. Yeah, that's why. God, and I never posted it up. Oh, that's dumb. Oh, well, I was able to post other things. Kyle Rudolph says he's worth every dime of his contract. He was kind of basically kind of going on. And I guess he believes he should be more involved in the offense. He's frustrated with that. And But I think Kyle Rudolph will probably be on his way out, unfortunately. That's just the way it goes. Mark Carlson posting on... Was there any response to the Kyle Rudolph? No, just likes. Uh, Mark Carlson responding to... Detroit is dealing Matthew Stafford to the Los Angeles Rams in exchange for two uh, future first-round picks, a third-round pick, and quarterback Jarrett Goff, per sources. Two former number-one overall picks, training places in the first blockbuster NFL trade of 2021. Adam Scheffler, right there. ESPN and Twitter and all that, of course. Senior writer for them. Matthew Stafford, obviously hell of a quarterback. He's leaving the division. He's going to the Los Angeles Rams. He is a California guy. Jared Goff is also a California guy. He'll be the new Detroit Lions quarterback for now. At least for a couple of years, and we'll see what happens. Uh, it's a shame when a guy goes from a number one pick to becoming maybe might be a journeyman type of guy, but that's how it goes sometimes. You know, it's just, I don't know. A couple of years ago to think he was in the Super Bowl, but getting shut down by Bill Belichick's defense, and then Brady's clutch couple of plays in that game. I guess a fantastic L.A. Rams defense. Again, that had housed uh, small little Buccaneer uh, defensive studs this year. Yep, and they took care of uh, business with, uh, <laughs> you know, with Patrick Mahomes. Mark Carlson says, I like Stafford. Mark Carlson, Iowa, and Purple Mafia Hall of Famer. I like Stafford, but I had no idea he, he, he had this much value after all the injuries in his age. Interesting trade and will definitely have an impact in the NFC North, though I don't fear the Lions and all this doesn't change that either. Uh, yeah, it makes the Lions actually even more beatable. Uh, either they'll have like they'll tag for the best quarterback next year, or they'll get somebody significant this year and have them develop under Jared Goff. It is what it is, but Jared Goff and the Lions doesn't sound too scary, does it? He wasn't too scary with the Rams either, of course. Uh, we'll see. So there it is. Vikings promote Ryan Thicken. He's a guy who's been a part of the Vikings organization for better part of uh, about 14 years now. Uh, going back to my days of being a podcaster for the first time, actually uh, uh, vidcasting, basically, whatever the word is, ever got vlog casting, whatever the hell it was, uh, on YouTube, uh, Paladino Live, back in 2007, with Adrian Peterson getting his career started at the same time. Uh, Ryan Ficken, special teams coordinator, and they add the head of uh, strength and conditioning coach again. So we'll see what the comments are. As I see, there are a couple. Mark Carlson, Iowa. Says, good inside move. Special teams were lacking everything last season. They were. I don't have any stats, but what I witnessed last season overall was nothing to be proud about. Yeah, I mean, they failed the eye test. That's literally what it was. They absolutely failed 
the eye test. Brett McCarthy, South Dakota, also a Purple Mafia Hall of Famer, says, uh, what's with the rumors and cousins of the 49ers? Do we really want Jimmy G? Uh, if Jimmy G came, it would be more of like what Jared Goff is to Detroit. It'd be kind of a temporary thing. If Jimmy G does come here, uh, we still might wind up with a Houston quarterback. So we'll have to wait and see what happens at the end of the day. Uh, it's going to be fascinating. And of course, I've been rudely not saying his name. It's Deshaun Watson, of course, <laughs> by, by the way. A lot of people are hoping for him. I'm not sure he's necessarily a Super Bowl guy, and I hope he can stay healthy. Remember, he had the ACL after a fantastic rookie year and was, wasn't as good the next year. Still ended up winning a playoff game where Buffalo choked it away. Uh, they had that game won, and they choked it away. Houston Texans moved on. Kind of an anti-Houston Oilers versus the Bills. Kind of funny all the years later. Kind of funny indeed. Kirk Cousins trade rumors involving 49ers swirling again. Bringmethenews.com. Multiple comments here. And Don Johnson, welcome to the page. Not sure I've heard from him before. He says, you're totally right, Mark. Okay, let's go back to the beginning. Looks like chronologically. Larry Aiken, we'll start with him first. Larry Aiken, I'm okay with it, especially if it means trading Garoppolo for more picks. <laughs> then I'd go after Deshaun Watson hard, hardcore, or move up in the uh, move up to draft a quarterback. Part of me wants to move up to draft a quarterback, even though you never know what's going to happen. You might get another Jared Goff. You might get another, you know, you might get another uh, Jameis Winston. I don't know. That's the problem. You don't know. Garoppolo's kind of mediocre. Deshaun Watson's obviously a really damn good player, but he got hurt recently, and I'm a little bit worried about that as well. I, I just have a paranoia about that, but then again, I guess Bridgewater's recovered nicely. Even Brady had an ACL, for those of you that might not remember, back in 2008. 11-5 season with uh, Matt Castle at quarterback. They almost made the playoffs that year. 11-5 and and they missed the playoffs. That's crazy. Thank you, Larry. Always appreciate hearing from you. I want to get his location hammered out. I always forget. Viking World Order. <laughs> Superior, Wisconsin. Oh, I like it. What an awesome town. Larry, I love Superior, Wisconsin, and thank you, and I love hearing from you. Now I know. I, I kept, I kept like, where is he from? Yep, Superior, Wisconsin. Oh, I love that place. I haven't been there in many years. Of course, many times we would, uh, yeah, I'm going to go off the beaten path here for a second. Many times when we go to the Duluth area to, to look, you know, the North Shore and, and admire the beauty, like two harbors and all that stuff, we'd end up staying at Barker's Island, which is a nice hotel there. Not ex overly expensive, just a nice quaint place with a nice cute pool and everything uh, called Barker's Island in Superior, Wisconsin. And what a cool city. What a cool city. I remember years ago we went there. We went to the Burger King, and it was super old school. It was the old days. You know how nowadays you go to, I mean, heck, the last 20 plus years, you go to a fast food place, and it's all just computerized. You know, like all the orders are on the screens and stuff. They still did it by microphone. Need a cheeseburger with every pickle, you know, stuff like that. Classic, classic. And they were 10 times more efficient than any fast food joint that I'd been in, in you know, since the 80s. Dead serious. That place was literally stuck in the good old 80s. And they did a damn good job there. It was so cool. They were so efficient and everything was accurate. Funny. Funny. Sorry about that. Uh, I went off the beaten path thinking about Superior, Wisconsin. Love that place, Larry, in case you're listening. Hopefully. Hopefully you're not just a commenter, but you listen also. Uh, nice to have you on board from Superior, Wisconsin. Mark Carlson says, I believe in change. I do too. <laughs> what would you expect if there was no change? Kirk is a fair quarterback, but seems like he's not a leader. Maybe if quarterbacks were paid in the average of the entire team instead of getting the sum of the entire team's pay, it would help? Maybe not. I don't I don't know. I'm just not a fan of paying any player a wage that is far above the team average, but then I guess prices are set by the market. Hmm. Yeah, quarterbacks are definitely overpaid in this league. And uh, Deshaun Watson's getting as much as Kirk Cousins. In fact, I think it's even higher. So that's the other thing we got to worry about as well. We're not going to get any cap relief if we get Deshaun Watson. You get a rookie quarterback in here, and he ends up being fantastic and maybe developing a few years under Kirk Cousins, learning what to do, learning what not to do. Kind of like a guy by the name of Aaron Rodgers following Brett Favre before, learning what not to do at times as well. Because Brett Favre would take a lot of gambling and crazy mistakes, and Aaron Rodgers ended up having a, generally a better career. But he's a little bit of bigger ass as well, unfortunately. But that's just his personality. <laughs> Don Johnson says, you're totally right, Mark. No wonder people nowadays believe athletes are gods. Anyway, got any got any, got any good beer on the hill? <laughs> Mark Collins says, beer? Uh, the beer fridge has, always has a variety of good European beers. Very cool. Oh, you're a good man, says Don Johnson. I'm guessing, yep, he's from Ashton, Iowa. Welcome aboard, Don. Good to hear from you. 
Good, good to hear from you. Don Johnson from Ashton, Iowa. Very cool. Very cool. Good conversation with that one. Absolutely appreciate it. Super Bowl thread. And we will look through that completely. Brett McCarthy says, prime example of how important an offensive line is. Casey is down two starters on the offensive line, and Brady just sits back there and is picking them apart. Yep, it is uh, really something, isn't it? Isn't that crazy? Picking them apart. Absolutely tore them apart. And uh, that was good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, I was saying Matthew was a punk. Loved seeing, loved seeing him get put in his place. Nobody responded, but they liked it. Brett McCarthy asking how everyone is, and we appreciate that. And uh, thank you for asking. Hope you're doing well as well, Brett. Everything's fine. Mark Cousins said he just lost all respect for Andrew Winfield Jr. Yeah, because that was some bull crap. It was stupid. I was saying, yeah, that was really dumb. I was shocked that he did that. Um, yeah, Brett McCarthy a bit miffed by the halftime show as well. He says, what is that halftime show? What is that, the halftime show? And Brett McCarthy says, it was junk. I was saying it's the weirdest stuff I've ever seen. And again, it looked kind of demonic, actually. They, some of those people look like the Mothman when, when the shadow was cast on them. So kind of creepy with those outfits that look like wings, like the Mothman. Creepy. Google the Mothman and tell me that isn't creepy looking stuff. That's not good. That's demonic, man. The Mothman's not a good guy. <laughs> He's not a good guy. Though, <sighs> whatever. Mark Carlson says, that Buccaneer D is solid. Yes, it is. Uh, scroll down. I was saying it was amazing. Mark Carlson took the picture out there in that snowy field there. Gotta love it with the trees in the background. Mark from Iowa checking in as the coin toss starts the game. Chiefs by six. Oh, that hurt my feelings. <laughs> Skull of Purple Mafia. Thank you for that. But McCarthy was saying, who are you going for? I say Buccaneers, of course. I'm not sure he said a response there. He just liked it, but I'm hoping he was cheering for the Bucks. Brett McCarthy says, Tom Brady has an offensive line. Just saying. Uh-huh, and there's Brett McCarthy checking in from South Dakota with a number 55, Anthony Barr. Oh, no, that's okay. I'm just teasing you. Maybe he hates me for saying get rid of Anthony Barr. There he is at U.S. Bank Stadium in the picture, but checking in from South Dakota. Thank you always, Brett. Purple Mafia, Hall of Fame. And he says the game is over. That was in the later stages. Drew Bunting posting, ah... Uh, Miss Lubrak. I'm not 100% sure what that was about, but it's pretty cool. It's actually a classic old-fashioned picture from way, way back in the day. It looks like the 60s or 70s. Kind of cool. I'm not sure what he meant, but it's cool. Uh, I'm not mad at him for that. I think it's a cool post. Uh, Mark Carlson says, Jay, Jay Mason, Chase Carlson, get on the game thread. Unfortunately, I don't think he said anything. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. But we all liked it. Uh, and Prep McCarthy again says, terrible halftime show. It was weird. It was it was weird. Weird and maybe even a little demonic. With that said, thank you guys so much for being a part of the show. Gold Star is going to go to Mark Carlson. Silver Star with gold plates going to go to Brett McCarthy. Mad Martin, big, beautiful bronze. Thank you so much. Uh, nice to hear from Don Johnson as well. And uh, Larry Aiken, awesome, superior. You get like a superior Silver Star as well for just being on board. All of you are going to get some stars for this show, because not many people comment, and you guys all deserve a star for being a part of it. Uh, John Johnson, Broad Star as well. Thank you for bringing up the beer. That was pretty cool stuff. Thank you guys for being a part of this show. Can't thank you enough. Hope to hear from you. A call-in of some sort. Maybe uh, your most valuable player, your biggest disappointment, or biggest surprise. Maybe if Mad Martin wants to call it in, otherwise he can tweet it. Uh, Mark Carlson, same thing. You can post it on Facebook, Facebook page. I'll try to create a thread for that as well. Moving forward, I should probably do it like now, just so it has time to bleed out and people can put some stuff in there, put some information in there. Your 2020 Minnesota Vikings biggest uh, biggest uh, excuse me MVP, biggest disappointment, and biggest surprise, and a little bit of uh, description as to why. At the end of the day, I will of course have a list of players that will lead up to the winner, and I'll try not to do that joke about. Oh, I'm sorry, I meant the other person. I think that joke's old now, but even though it's still it was still funny, where. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was funny, but at least it went to the right lady at the end of the day. <laughs> Miss Philippines, what a what a beauty she was years ago, a couple of years back now. Um, call in if you could, write a positive rating on iTunes if you could, or excuse me, it's uh, Apple Podcasts, but iTunes. Stitcher, you can do it, and apparently Audible, apparently on Audible also, if you want to write a review on that, five stars, say something good about the show, or hopefully if you don't like it, well, it's up to you. Hopefully you don't. At the end of the day, Super Bowl 55 preview. I really enjoyed doing this. I enjoyed the game. It's the most fun I had watching football since 2000. I'd have to say since 2000. 
16 seasons, early 17, when Brady made the big comeback against the Falcons. Very enjoyable game that night, and very, very enjoyable game last night as well. Uh, you can call in, use, simply use any smart device on the planet, any voice recording application that's free. Just open it up, treat it like a phone call, and email slash send it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. I will like convert it into an MP3 file thanks to zomzar.com, giving them a free plug because they provide a free service for this show just by, for the fact the file is not big enough to charge me for it. So pretty cool. Luck of the draw there. With that said, we'll talk to you in a couple weeks, and I will try my best to get that thread out there. Please do uh, have, have some stuff ready for that show if you could. Talk to you then.